On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hello and welcome to The Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Wednesday, May the 25th, it is Ian Cameron. We'll have uh, uh, Jimmy Murphy, Andrew McGinnis momentarily. Alex will be back with us tomorrow. Uh, and we have another special guest uh, here today on the uh, Ice Guys show for a Wednesday. Uh, Tyler Harkins, uh, pro hockey player currently, uh, doing some uh, other things outside of hockey as well. Uh, Jansen Harkins plays for the Winnipeg Jets as his cousin. Uh, so happy to have Tyler Harkins with us here on the Ice Guys. Tyler, what's up? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm clocking in here from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, it's a beautiful day out here. Yes, and a part of a very... Uh, well-known hockey family, the Harkins family. Of course, you've got fathers and uncles and uh, all kinds of uh, uh, your family that uh, rep members that have been part of the game uh, for a very long time. So you come from a hockey family. I'm sure that's where your love and interest in hockey started when you've got so many people that uh, you grew up under uh, that played the game. But tell us about uh, how Tyler Harkins got into hockey and uh, your hockey journey, if you will, to this point. Yeah, so like you mentioned, big hockey family um, with my dad and my uncles playing. My dad played college in Miami. My two uncles played in the NHL. Um, funny enough, though, my grandfather played football at Ohio State under Woody Hayes' command. Um, and then, you know, that going from a football family to a hockey family is pretty interesting. But, you know, kept the blue collar in us for sure. Um, for my career, though, grew up in Cleveland, uh, played for the Cleveland Barons, ended up playing high school hockey here, um, then found my way to – Playing juniors, I stepped foot in uh, Tier 3, then got up to the British Columbia League with Surrey, uh, the Surrey Eagles, and then had a stint with the Amarillo Bulls. Uh, so junior career, two years, three teams, kind of, you know, kind of fun. Get to meet a, a good amount of the boys. And I got to go to OU, Ohio University, which was, you know, if anyone's looking to play uh, ACHA hockey, OU's the spot for sure. The Bobcats. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that little song. That they do. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 whenever they they get a touchdown when I've been watching. I'm a Mac football fanatic, uh, Ty. Uh, that's the one thing. I mean, I've been watching Ohio and Kent State and Ohio and Buffalo and Ohio and uh, Bowling mm-hmm. Green and all these Tuesday, Wednesday night call. Of course, from a betting standpoint, as a sports better, I often have a little action and money on those games. So, you know, I'm, I'm there watching Ohio football uh, on a Tuesday night in November or October, and it's uh, 
definitely a tradition there. So you played there a little bit. Uh, where, where did you uh, play just the uh, most recent season that you had? Yeah, most recently I was up with uh, the Binghamton Black Bears in the FBHL. So um, unfortunately, my senior year was 2020, you know, COVID class and, you know, the leagues had shut down. We didn't get to go to nationals. We were poised to make a good run. So unfortunately, we didn't get our stab at it. But, you know, I was lucky enough to get the call from Binghamton and got to play some games with them. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, tell, tell us a little bit, too, about uh, what you're doing off the ice right now as well. Yeah, so off the ice, I am building a company. I'm the co-founder of Access. Um, what we are is an online platform for athletes to monetize their content and fan engagement. Um, so we're going to have, you know, cameo-style videos with shout-outs. We're going to have tipping options for these athletes. Um, you know, as a gambler, I'm sure it's a pretty cool thing where, say, McDavid gets a hat trick. You had him going, you know, plus two and a half, and and he tags it. You know, he ta- he uh, capitalizes on that, and you can toss him some money for that. So. They're going to be able to post content as well, videos, pictures, just updates about their life. We're really trying to make it a um, centralized location for athletes to kind of showcase their life. Awesome stuff. We wish you all the best with that. Uh, we have Jimmy Murphy uh, with us here now as well for this uh, Wednesday show. Uh, Jimmy, welcome in. How are things with you? Things are good, my man. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very good. Another uh, very good night of hockey last night. Exciting, yep. uh, crazy games. And uh, that's basically where we'll start now. We've got uh, obviously two NHL games uh, last night that took place, we had the Rangers and the uh, Hurricanes. We'll start recapping that. Uh, look, this has been uh, a recurring theme for Carolina now, and it, it's, it continued last night. Their uh, inability to win on the road, you know, here in the playoffs. That's now 0-5 for the Hurricanes on the road here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They did not win a single game in Boston in the first round, but they won the series in seven, having home ice is what really got it done for them. And here in this series, again, uh, two nothing series lead at home, and just like in the first round against Boston, they're going back home for Game Five with the series all tied up at two games apiece. So, uh, you got to give the Rangers a lot of credit. The, you know they've found some holes in the Carolina defense. The power play has started to you know click a little bit. They've started to score on the power play, and more importantly, even when they haven't scored on the power play during these last two games at Madison Square Garden, their power play has gotten a lot of chances, a lot of good looks. And, you know, Tyler is someone that's played hockey. I'm sure the coaches always say, right, your power play can't score, doesn't need to score every time, but it can't kill the momentum. You know, it's at least got to generate chances. You, you got to press the issue. You can't just be, you know, going back in your own zone, collecting the puck for the whole power play because it's just it provides a momentum boost for the other team with a big penalty kill. You've at least got to, you know, get some good quality looks, chances, shots on net. And the Rangers did that last night. Uh, and there's their bigger players stepped up for them. Andrew Kopp, who's been sensational with another goal uh, last night for the New York Rangers, a very nice win for them. And look, they're, they're live in this series as someone that uh, took Carolina to win this series before it started. Look, until they lose a home game, I'm not really going to be that frightened for them or scared or worried. But at the same point in time, that's two series in a row where, you know, when you don't win a road game, you let a team back into the series, but it's not so much they let the Rangers back in. I think the Rangers put their way back into the series with the way they've played. And Igor Shosturkin, two phenomenal games in a row as well, uh, in between the pipes for the New York Rangers. I think a lot of that concern we had for him early in the Pittsburgh series in the first round, I think that's going away uh, in a hurry right now with the way he's played lately. Uh, Tyler, uh, what did you think of the game last night with Carolina and the Rangers? 
Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I mean, obviously, the New York Rangers have found a way to compete against Carolina. Carolina's a big team, but the Rangers, uh, they're really taking uh, – you know, they're really taking shots at Carolina. I think they're going to end up winning that series personally. I think uh, New York wins that, wins that series. You like the Rangers to come all the way back and get it done. Uh, Jimmy, I mean, uh, the Rangers, I think uh, you like them. I think everybody liked them in some form last night, just based on the fact we really didn't trust Carolina yet to show up and play uh, a, ro- a win a road game here in the playoffs, which they've still yet to do. But uh, you think the Rangers can – the key now is you got to ask yourself, Jimmy, can the Rangers win one in Raleigh? Because that's what it's going to take. Yes. They're not winning this series unless they win one in Carolina. And Carolina is undefeated at home. Do they have the chops to do that? Yes, I think they do. I, I really do think they, they've got good veteran experience. They've got good youth. They've played in some big game situations now. And obviously, too, they've got what matters most in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the best goalie in this series, uh, hands down. I mean, there's no debating that. And that is not to take away from what Ront has done because, honestly – I think this series could be 3-1 Rangers right now going back to Carolina if it wasn't for Ranta. He's been that good. And, he, yep. you know, that's an interesting dilemma. I'm sure we'll bring it up going forward. But there's talk now that they might bring Freddie Anderson back and he could start tomorrow or if not tomorrow, then in game six. And I, I just don't know if that's the right move for Carolina. They're playing; they're not playing bad in front of Ranta. And when they do play a little bad, he's been there to pick them up. So, I don't know if that's uh, the right move to do if I'm Brenda Moore, but look, I, yeah, I think the Rangers can do it. I think the Rangers are going to win game five. They're going to bring it back. And as I predicted, they will wrap it up at MSG in game six and send their old friend, Tony D back down to the South where he belongs. There you go. Tony D'Angelo, send him back and lose to his former team. Uh, that uh, I, don't, I wouldn't even say that his former team that cast him aside. He took himself off that team. Uh, yeah. with, with the actions uh, of Tony D'Angelo. That's I'd love to be sure. a fly on the wall when Georgia shakes his hand, if it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to hear what Gerard Gallant's saying in the dressing room, if anything, about D'Angelo either, because obviously they've been going back and forth uh, in this series as well. A uh, Battle of Alberta, the second game last night, Calgary and Edmonton. It's been by far the most entertaining, wildest, craziest series uh, of the second round. There's no question about that. And, uh, boy, we thought we had seen everything in this series up until last night, and then we saw one thing in particular we haven't seen uh, yet in this series or for a while. But, you know, if I'm the Calgary Flames, I'm beyond frustrated right now because last night, you know, I thought for the most part in that game, Calgary had the urgency and the desperation you needed down 2-1, trying to avoid going down 3-1 with the series going back to Edmonton. But, unfortunately, Jacob Markstrom, you know, Seward his team in a big way in the first minute. I mean, the horrible, egregious giveaway of the puck right onto the stick of Ryan Nugent Hopkins for the one nothing goal. And right away, it felt like Calgary was playing an uphill battle. And I was convinced they were trying to play more of a, you know, get three to five players just frolicking around the neutral zone and try to take away some of that speed through the neutral zone and some of that rush transition offense that the Edmonton Oilers have been absolutely killing Calgary with. Uh, in this series, but when you're down one nothing in the blink of an eye, so quickly you, you can't play that way because now you got to open up already and try to score because you're trailing that quickly. That's what was so frustrating, I think, about that early turnover uh, by Jacob Markstrom. Then they fell down two nothing, and then Evander Kane, a goal that I thought maybe should have been stopped by Markstrom, makes it because he was just off the angle a little bit and, and it beat him leaning to his left, uh, and it ended up three nothing Oilers. Uh, at that point, and obviously at that point, you think Calgary's in big trouble, but they rallied back, and for the last two periods, I thought they took the play to Edmonton, 
And finally, the second period, they got it to 3-2, and they were carrying the play in the third period. They looked like they were going to tie it. I don't think anybody expected them to tie the game in the fashion that they did, though. Uh, Unbelievable occurrence with uh, Rasmus Anderson basically firing the puck from inside his own blue line. It's just a little bit of a dip. That it, it's just like one of those nose dives, like you're, you know, you're basically diving off a cliff. Uh, essentially, that's what the puck did, and it just took a huge nose dive and went under Mike Smith. He says he didn't even see it; he totally lost track of the puck. But either way, you know, obviously a, a, a brutal goal to give up. And as I said on Twitter, and I've said this on Twitter multiple times, when Mike Smith's given up a pretty bad goal, Mike Smith just Mike Smith. You know, that's exactly what happened uh, with that tying goal uh, last night allowed. But just when you thought, and, and at the moment, guys, when I saw that goal in, I thought, man, it feels like Calgary's going to win this game now. Like, man, they have just got, they just, Mike Smith gave up this horseshit goal, 3-3. And Calgary's got all the momentum. They've dominated this third period so far. They're going to win this game and my gosh, they could win this series because everyone was going to be talking about that if Calgary won last night. That goal that went in on Mike Smith and how that could be a series-changing moment uh, for the uh, in a good way for the Calgary Flames in a horrible way for the Edmonton Oilers. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins, of all people, to the rescue to get the game-winning goal, 4-3, a rebound, uh, and, it's, and, and obviously Kane put it away with the empty net, 5-3, what a night for Nugent Hopkins, and what a desperately needed time for him to remember that he's a first-round pick from many years ago because so many times he has not played like it for the Edmonton Oilers. I, you always expect someone that was drafted so highly to, to, to deliver more than he has for the extended part of the last several seasons, but what a time for him to deliver a two-goal performance, including the game winner, kind of bailed out Mike Smith for just that horrible goal allowed, and what could have been a talking point and a series-changing point with Calgary, had they won that game following tying it up that way, Edmonton survives, and now they've got a 3-1 series lead, and they've got Calgary on the brink here in the Battle of Alberta. And after last night, this is a series that we have clearly seen everything uh, in this uh, matchup here with the uh, Flames uh, and the Oilers. Tyler, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're as entertained as anybody with this series. It's been wild. It's been uh, crazy uh, from start to finish. Yeah, it's been awesome. And especially I want to point out like McDavid skating has really just been top notch during this series. I mean, the way he can move on his edges, I know everyone in the NHL wishes they could move it. Everyone that's ever played the game wishes they could move like him. So, I mean, when he's cutting in the middle of the ice and pulling 360s and putting people on their skates, you know, it's uh, it's impressive. So, I mean, top to bottom, I think that the Oilers, you know, obviously they're up three to one. I think they're going to take this series and uh, move on to the next. It's funny, Matt Carey was one of our special guests here on our playoff shows. He teaches kids and, and does uh, hockey drills uh, in, in the classes for them. And he was saying to me the other day that he's starting to incorporate some of the stuff that McDavid's doing, turning on a dime and his skating stride to his kids. And I'm like, yeah, you're doing that, but you're doing it at a one one hundredth of the speed that he does <laughs> in that, I'm sure. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Got to start yeah. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what is that, the slow motion version of what McDavid's doing that you're teaching them right now? I, uh, probably. Uh, but, yeah, I kid, I kid with that, uh, with Matt. Uh, Jimmy, what do you th- what did you think of last night? Obviously, were you thinking the same thing I was? I mean, it seemed clear as day. Like, Mike Smith gives up that goal. Calgary wins that game. It could be a complete and utter series turning point. But instead, Edmonton hangs on, and good for them that they did. Well, I mean, look, not not that they haven't been riding uh, the shoulders of Connor McDavid throughout the playoffs, but I think one thing we've seen, even going back to since Woodcroft took over for the Oilers, is that 
this Oilers team will bend, but they don't break as often. And, and they have found a way to kind of, you know, summon up that resolve and, and fight forward uh, when the odds suddenly are stacked against them. Before they would just cave and they would collapse and, you know, they would just get overwhelmed at the situation. But right now, this Oilers team is doing what you need to do to win in the playoffs. And that's handle everything that's thrown at you. I mean, things aren't going to go your way all the time. But uh, when they don't, you need to find a way to get through it. You absolutely do. And it's that mental adversity. And, and that, that, that Mike Smith talked about it. Uh, RNH talked about it in the post-game press conference. And by the way, you talk about post-game press conferences and a coach that's ascending up the ranks for me in terms of engaging, informative, gives you something with the post-game remarks. Jay Woodcroft is doing that right now for Edmonton. I think he's very fascinating and interesting to listen to. You know, he gives you quite a bit of good scoops and good info and good thoughts and insights from what the coach is thinking, you know, on a nightly basis. Not everybody gives you that. Uh, and it's been impressive to listen to him talk uh, throughout this uh, series, throughout the playoff, really since he's been the coach there uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. It's, it, he gives you a, he gives you a lot. And you like, do you like him, him more than Daryl? You, you would definitely uh, appreciate that. Are you liking his takes more than Daryl's takes? Daryl's are good. Oh, Daryl's Hall of Fame press conference to me every single yeah. time. He's classic. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's epic. I mean, he's just, uh, I mean, uh, what, like I say, I could go on and on about the memorable quotes he's had. He asked, he was asked one time after a game, uh, what did you say to your team after the game? He says, flight at 11. That's still my all-time favorite. Yeah, <laughs> flight at 11. Didn't want to sit, reveal specifically what he was talking about regarding the game. But, but yeah, you're going to get that from uh, Daryl Sutter. Uh, you got How do you score more one goal in the next game? He says, score two. You know, he said that one time in a uh, press conference. <laughs> <laughs> he's a rock he just, star out there that's for sure he is he's a rock he is. star I mean, it's just absolutely hilarious he is and you know he was happy by the way about his team's game you know he wasn't you know ready to rain you know tons of negative criticism uh, on his flames team for that performance last night he thought they were uh really uh you know deserved a better fate in that game and should have won it so uh he wasn't that uh, upset with the way things went uh last night uh, but at the same time you have no margin for error now uh, down 3-1 in this series, and you'll be trying to stay alive tomorrow night back at the Saddle Dome in Game 5. Speaking of trying to stay alive in a Game 5, we've got the St. Louis Blues and the one game tonight taking place trying to stay alive in Game 5 of their series, Western Conference second round uh, against the Colorado Avalanche in Denver, Ball Arena. We've got Colorado, minus 260 uh, home favorites here in Game 5, uh, the total 6.5 here uh, across the board uh, in this one. Uh, I, I don't like St. Louis's chances of extending it. I think because of the fact that, you know, with everything that's gone on in this series, you know, obviously what's been, uh, you know, said, spewed it so, in, on social media toward Nazem Kadri, which is hideous, which is horrendous stuff. Uh, and then you see the Blues players kind of really wanting to, let's be honest, take Nazem Kadri's head off, you know, in game four the other night. Uh, you could definitely see they were trying to, you know, they were upset that Bennington got injured, uh, although I think it was just an unfortunate collision. I don't think it had it was anything close to egregious, you know, dirty, cheap shot type of play from Nazem Kadri that we've seen in the past. It was just a collision that unfortunately didn't go end up going well uh, for Bennington in terms of his status for this series. Uh, but the Blues were still pissed off, and Kadri did the best thing he did, could have done, and that's not retaliate with, bad penalties, undisciplined play, or a cross-check or a slash or something that would have gotten him in the box when the Blues were taking liberties with him. He responded the way everyone wanted to see. Make him 
pay on the scoreboard, play a hell of a hockey game, score a couple of big goals. And he did more than that. How about three big goals? How about a hat trick? Uh, for Nazem Kadri in game four. Just an outstanding performance uh, from him. Avalanche took control of that game, and now they have a chance to end this series. I think they probably do. Uh, Huso has been good at times, and then, of course, the, the roof caved in on him in the second period the other night. Uh, but you look at it, the Blues, it's hard for that blue line. I think that blue line, too, might start to get worn down. And it goes back to the absence of Tory Krug uh, in this series. Krug's a big minutes player, all situations. And now the Blues all of a sudden in this series have to rely on a lot more minutes and a lot more responsibility throughout their lineup when it comes to, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Letty's got to play more. Pareko's got to play. Pareko's doing all he can. He's an absolute beast uh, on the blue line. But at the same time, he's also someone that is not infallible to, you know, just maybe wearing down because all the minutes he's playing. Scandella, Falk, you know, they have to play Nico Mikola and Robert Bortuzzo, their third pair a lot more. You know, Craig Berube's uh, changing things up on the defensive pairs tonight. Callie Rosen and Perunovic are a healthy scratches tonight after they've played the last few games. So he's trying to search for answers. The problem is, you know, depth on this blue line without Krug's a little bit of a concern. And you're playing this, you know, loaded Colorado team, loaded up front, loaded on the blue line. And how how unbelievably lucky and fortunate and an embarrassment of riches is it for the Colorado Avalanche that you lose a quality defenseman like Samuel Girard with the broken sternum who do you put in there to replace him oh only Jack Johnson only a guy that's a veteran defenseman who knows his way around the block he's been in the big playoff games in the past uh won't you know panic under pressure will play with poise because he's got all that experience under his belt you know how fortunate Colorado is to put someone in the lineup like that when they lose a defenseman. So it's pretty impressive uh, to see. And uh, Jack Johnson obviously was, I think, solid, you know, steady, you know, in that game four that he played coming in uh, the game for uh, Gerard, who got injured in game three before that. So, you know, I think St. Louis is probably up against it. You know, if you like Colorado, just go with, I, I would honestly go minus one and a half. I'd maybe go on even further than that, maybe a minus two and a half, you know, take a shot with some of these puck lines and some of these alternative puck lines. Cause look, if St. Louis is trailing in the third period, they have to go all out to try to win this game to save their season, keep it alive. And you're going to open up the possibility of one, two empty net goals. And there's your puck line, kind of like with uh, Edmonton last night, uh, Tampa Bay the night before. I mean, we're seeing a lot of empty net goals for these teams that are uh, leading late in the game. So you think Colorado is going to close out this series tonight against St. Louis. And you think they're going to have a good chance to lead late in the third period. Why not take minus one and a half? And why not sprinkle a little bit on a minus two and a half even uh, with the avalanche and get a better price on that? So it's probably the way I would look at this game here in terms of the uh, side. Uh, as far as the totals go, I mean, certainly the last two finally have gone over the total after, you know, just I think more bad luck, you know, misfortune for the first two games staying under because there were a a boatload of chances in both of those games. But, you know, each of the last two games end up going over the total. It's an elimination game. I'm not looking to bet any single playoff elimination game under, except maybe when Andre Vasilevsky is in net for one of those playoff elimination games, because that guy seems to give up one goal or less uh, in every recent uh, elimination game for the Lightning. But, yeah, this would be over or nothing for me at six and a half. And certainly the third period over uh, will be a bet of mine, too, pregame. You can usually get over two. Uh, lay some juice with the third period over, which hasn't done as well this year in the playoffs. I will point that out. But like I said yesterday, I'm not abandoning a two, three-year trend of tremendous success 
with just a little bit of a downturn here in the in, in this year's playoffs. So uh, we'll stick to the third period over as well. Prop wise, you know, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I will for St. Louis, Perron, and O'Reilly. I mean, those two guys have been their best forwards all series long. Uh, those are the guys I would target for props tonight. Shots on goal, goals, play, uh, points, all that stuff. Uh, and as far as the Avalanche go, I mean, Kadri's got the hot hand. You can't argue with that. Nichushkin because he's on the top line. So those are props that I'd probably look at. Uh, Taves may not play. Taves, it we're not sure if it's maintenance. We're not sure if it's an injury. He wasn't on the ice for morning skate. Doesn't mean he's not going to play. But keep an eye on that. We'll see if uh, Taves is in the uh, lineup tonight for the Avalanche uh, on their blue line. Uh, let's get Andrew in here because Andrew just joined. We haven't uh, been able to hear from him yet. Andrew, welcome in. Uh, what do you think here? Blues Avs tonight. What's going on? Good to be here. Uh, look, I, I think that um, we've talked about it uh, several times about the average margin of victory and just how this is the largest margin we've seen. I think it was since uh, like 87 or something like that uh, in the playoffs. I mean, it's unbelievable. Both the NBA playoffs and NHL, the series have been good, but those games inside the series, it's been one blowout here, one blowout here. Um, so I'm not a huge puck line guy during the regular season, but right now if you're a puck line better, You've had a lot of success because, you know, look at last night, minus 110 apiece, Carolina, New York. You could have gotten, you know, in the plus 200 range um, with New York. Boom, that cashes in. Empty net goal again happens. Edmonton, they cash in. You know, I, so I definitely tell people, please, you know, don't lay 260 to win two, uh, win 100 in this game if you like it, especially in an elimination game like this. But I'm going to look towards over six and a half. Um, and I, a lot of it's because, you know, I think that the Blues have tried to play the style of hockey they play when they won the Cup. And that might have kind of gotten away from themselves because they were so great during the regular season. You know, goals per game, second in the league and all that good stuff. But they realized probably they couldn't match up line for line with Colorado. But unfortunately, that's how they're going to have to win. I do not see them being able to win a game where they score three goals. I, I really don't. They'd like to in an ideal world. But I don't see that happening. So um, do I think Colorado wins tonight? Yes. Do I think it's easy? No. Um, I, I do think it's a high-scoring contest. I do think the third period is the highest-scoring period. And, yeah, I'll definitely be looking towards that third period over. Uh, chances are if the opportunity presents itself. My favorite prop play of the day, you talked about this guy already, Ryan O'Reilly over two-and-a-half shots on goal. DraftKings, you can get, I think it was 135 earlier, 140 potentially now for his shots on goal prop, but I love it's two and a half and not three and a half. Uh, I even like Jordan Cairo and yeah. uh, for shots on goal um, for uh, Colorado, I'm going to look towards Arturi Lekkonen uh, in kind of a, a closeout game, a grinded out type game where you might see a lot of uh, shots that aren't the prettiest of shots, but close to the net. And those are the kind of shots that he gets. And if your book offers it, how about a Darcy Kemper save prop there? Because a guy that's going to get peppered with shots and playing a lot better than some might give him credit for. Yeah, definitely. Darcy Kemper over saves. Uh, I like that uh, because, you know, you, you got to think St. Louis is firing a lot of pucks uh, toward the net in a must-win game. Uh, O'Reilly definitely over shots. Fully agree with that. I'm going to go even further with the goal and the, and, the, and the point prop has been automatic. Until the last game, he actually was – off the score sheet that's the, broke the 12 game point streak for Ryan O'Reilly the last game uh, game four of this series but he is one of those players that consistently uh, I can remember the Blues recent playoff years when they've been facing elimination he's come to play every game 
when they've been in this kind of situation, Ryan O'Reilly. So he's the obvious choice, in my opinion, for a good prop player uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues tonight uh, in this game. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we'll see, I think, him make an impact. No question about that. Uh, Kairou, uh, definitely. Uh, Perron, it goes without saying. Perron's running around the ice. I didn't like some of the antics, but boy, he played well. Uh, I hated in terms that. Of, Embarrassment. Yeah. Embarrassment. Yeah. How does not the Department good. of Safety not deal with that? A flying elbow from like a WWE type move after Kadri scores. I it's mean, almost like it had to connect for them to do something about it. it did, you could make but, like compilation yeah. videos uh, of all the attacks that went towards Kadri in that last game. Someone just say, hey, do you want to scrap and get it out of the way? That's what hockey's all about. I mean, if they want to fight him, fight him. Don't, let's not target the guy the entire game. I mean, I don't know. It's a disgrace. Sure, Kadri's known for some some you know rough stuff in the in the playoffs, but that's not the way to go about it. And you know what? He let his game do the talking, the same way Evander Kane yep. let Matthew Kachuk know that his game did the talking as well. And I think that whether or not Evander Kane has as much as much money as Kachuk, he has more playoff wins right now. <laughs> that's true. I mean that that's the best way you can uh, go. Uh, look, that was, it was Buchnevich. It was. Uh, Obviously, David Perron, that was insane how he just he lost his mind and just basically assaulted Nazem Kadri right there on the ice. And then Braden Shen was trying to get Kadri to drop the gloves at one point during the game. So Kadri had everybody livid with that Blues team the other night. And all he did was he shut them all up by scoring a hat trick and leading his team to victory. Uh, so well done, Naz. Like I say, he's maturing before our eyes. And he said it in the postgame press conference. I'm better off helping my team on the ice i'm more valuable to my team on the ice than watching and he's he was absolutely right he's hey sometimes as you old you get older you learn some things you learn from your mistakes of the past i think the guy is doing that right now jimmy what do you think tonight game five st louis colorado well i mean i i think you know i i unloaded yesterday and let you know how i feel about this and how i feel about the st louis blues right now so i'm going to stick with that uh, give me Colorado. I'm going to go with a Colorado minus two and a half plus uh, 190 extra puck line. I'm going to go with, uh, Andrew on that third period over, and I'm going to go with the over total in the whole game. Uh, so Colorado avalanche clinch it tonight over the racist St. Louis blues. Uh, and the coach had it, of course, as you know, uh, had a little incident with that many, many years ago when he played. So uh, got, he's the real monkey. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Craig Berube. So uh, definitely the Blues in trouble. We'll see if they stay alive here. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about this game? What do you like in here? Blues, Avs. Yeah, I'm liking uh, the Avs, and I'm probably going to put down on the over. Um, money line, 260. It's uh, I don't know. I probably won't touch it, but I'll go with the spread. I like the thought of maybe pushing it to two and a half. That is, that's a good one. Minus two and a half, which you can mm -hmm. get close to plus one, uh, plus one eighty to plus one ninety is what you get with the Avalanche laying two and a half goals. So, uh, there's no question. I think that is it, something that uh, you can definitely look at here uh, in this game tonight. Uh, and because again, if, if, the, if the Blues are trailing in the third period, you could have one, you could have two empty net goals potentially uh, for the Avalanche because of the fact that it's a must-win game for the Blues. They probably won't hesitate you know, to take the, uh, go, uh, to take Billy Huso out of the uh, net uh, even earlier than normal, but uh, definitely uh, we'll be interested to see how that goes. Uh, before we wrap it up, we get to best bets and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, Tyler, to ask, to ask you about your cousin here, Jansen with Winnipeg. Uh, you know, you talked about it, how he's, you know, he got a lot more ice time, a lot more opportunity this year. Of course, next year now they're going to have a new head coach uh, with the team. So 
I think that's a good thing for him, quite honestly, because it's going to be a clean slate. He's going to be able to go into training camp. If he has a great training camp, you know, the new coach has no preconceived notions about any of these players uh, on the Jets. It's a brand new coach, clean slate. He has a chance to go into training camp, hit the ground running. So uh, your cousin, I think it's a big season coming up for him. Am I, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing was, you know, this was his first year where he was fully up in the NHL. Um, last year, you know, he was going back and forth, which is fine. He's a young player. He's growing. He's developing his game. But, you know, this is going to be a big year for him. Uh, I know everyone's super excited for him to, for him to go and, you know, prove himself and obviously getting a new coach and, you know, fresh set. Um, it's going to be good. So I think uh, I think that's great for him. Yeah. And will that coach be Barry Trotz? That's the question. He's obviously they, they want him. He's a, a Manitoba guy, uh, Barry Trotz, mm -hmm. and uh, there's certainly, but there's problem is there's a lot of other coach uh, teams that want Barry Trotz. I'm sure a certain Vegas Golden Knights team, no friggin' coincidence in my mind that they turfed Peter DeBoer when they did, uh, but Barry Trotz just became available a few days earlier, and now you're saying goodbye to DeBoer, so you got to believe they're going to be in on the Barry Trotz sweepstakes uh, as well. Uh, the Golden Knights. So that's the problem. He's very much in demand. And uh, it's going to be a, it's like an arms race right now going on uh, in the National Hockey League to see who's going to end up hiring him. A guy that's obviously had a ton of success in his career, including a Stanley Cup. All right. Great stuff uh, with uh, Andrew McGinnis, Jimmy Murphy, our special guest, uh, Tyler Harkins. We'll get the best bets to wrap it up in just a second. Uh, also, thanks to everyone for joining us on the uh, BetCast. Another nice BetCast. We'll have two of them next week. Starting next week, we're going to have two. Because they're only they're going to be shorter betcasts. We're only going to have one game a night, so the betcast will only be two and a half hours, three at the most, depending on how long the game goes. So because of that, we're going to do two betcasts a week, uh, starting in the conference finals. Uh, so we're definitely looking forward to that uh, next week, and we thank everyone for joining us last night with that. And a reminder about DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state. You can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets. If they win, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Uh, I will mention a couple other bets for that Blues-Avs game that I'm probably going to look at in a smaller variety. Uh, plus 160 uh, for both teams to score first period. Uh, I am interested in that. What Rich is saying about Avs money line and over five and a half, that combo, I like that quite a bit, actually. At plus 136, that's a good price with that, too. So, you know, just Colorado to win the game, period, and that over five and a half, definitely a good, uh, good look potentially there. The one concern is the Blues do have heart. The Blues do have pride. They've got character. They've got veterans all over this team. ton of Stanley Cup winners on this team. They're not going to roll over tonight. So the Avs are going to need to bring it. Avs are going to have to play a strong game tonight to close out this uh, prideful St. Louis team. They're not rolling over, but I think Colorado will bring the right mindset because I think the Blues have gotten under their skin here uh, these last uh, couple of games, and they want to finish this thing off. Uh, all right, we're going to finish this thing off, as in this edition of the Ice Guys, uh, with uh, best bets. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Look, I really like that Ryan O'Reilly shot prop. I think the, no matter what happens in this game, 
you know, the st- the star players or the top players and experienced players are going to, you know, make their mark. Whether or not they beat Kemper, whether or not they get by the defenders of the Avalanche, uh, that's a different story. But the best part about these props, it could be, you know, a, a shot right into the chest protector of Kemper to freeze the puck, or it could be a, a top corner goal, whatever it may be. I'm hoping I see at least three shots from Ryan O'Reilly tonight. All right, Ryan O'Reilly over uh, three shots for Andrew with his uh, best bet. Uh, Jimmy, uh, I think I know what your best bet is. It's uh, fading the, your favorite fade team at the moment, probably. <laughs> yeah, that would be it, guys. Give me that minus two and a half on the avalanche. All right, minus two and a half on the uh, avalanche. Puck line, plus 180 to plus 190 is what you can get with that right now. Uh, best bet for uh, Aunt Jimmy Murphy and great timing for uh, – Tyler did rejoin us with some uh, tech issues there just for a second, but he's back. Uh, Tyler, best bet. What do you like? Um, I'm going minus two and a half Calgary or Colorado. Sorry. All right. Same thing as uh, Jimmy here, minus two and a half. And again, that's plus 180 to plus 190 uh, with that price on the avalanche laying two and a half goals uh, in this one for a best bet. Uh, my best bet here, I'm going to end up going with uh, it's tough, with just the one game. Uh, I'm going to go Colorado minus. I'm just going to go with the sm- safer option a little bit. I mean, I don't mind the minus two and a half, but I'm going to go with minus one and a half here. Minus one and a half, even money uh, with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Minus one and a half, plus 100 uh, for the uh, minus 105. I think the minus two and a half, I'll, I'll jump in on that a little bit too because that's a great price with that. But yeah, I think Colorado wraps it up. And obviously with the minus one and a half, there's going to be a great chance for them to extend the margin late. We've seen this occur all playoffs. Rich with the stat for us in the chat too. Nine of the 10 St. Louis playoff games have been decided by three goals or more. Nine of the 10 St. Louis playoff games decided by three goals or more. So makes the puck line option even more appealing. So Colorado minus one and a half for me for best bet. And that'll wrap up this edition of the ice guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. And we thank our special guest, Tyler Harkins for joining us as well. A reminder, the ice guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 PM Eastern Saturday and Sunday noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast uh, if you can't watch the show live. Uh, Tyler, just some final thoughts from you. Just uh, great to have you on, and hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I wanted to tap in and say something here. You brought up uh, Tory Crew. He's actually a good family friend of ours. Uh, my oh, uncle sure. Brett, my uncle Brett, who's a current scout for the Boston Bruins, he uh, he lived with him when he was playing junior hockey at uh, So my uncle lived at the Crew family's house, and we've got a great relationship with the whole family. They're awesome. There you go. So a seal of approval for Tory Krug and his family there for uh, Tyler. Good stuff. Tyler, you got you got any scoops for me? You know I cover the Bruins, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's a Bruins I gotta keep, writer. <laughs> I, I got to keep those locked up. Those are in the vault. <laughs> How much are you willing to pay, Jimmy? I, I respect <laughs> it. I respect yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. How about Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, good stuff. All right, great show. Uh, for Andrew McGinnis, Jimmy Murphy, our special guest, Tyler Harkins, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.